0: Entrepreneurs often have similar characteristics, energy, passion, vision. But why do some soar to success while others struggle to climb? Less than 2% of women-owned businesses in North America ever achieve a million dollars a year in annual revenue. Why is that? And how do we dramatically increase that number? Welcome to Breakthrough with your host, Sarah Roach-Lewis. Sarah offers conversations with the ambitious women entrepreneurs in that 2% to help you break through. Now, here is Sarah Roach Lewis.
1: Well, hello, ambitious ones. How are you doing today? Ordinarily on Breakthrough, I talk to women who have achieved more than seven figures in their business. We talk about the joys, the challenges, the successes of getting there. I talk about our, my show as being inspirational, motivational, and instructional. But of course, we all know that things have changed dramatically since Thursday where we are, and in most of the world. So, um, for those of you who are listening in different places, uh, I'm situated in Canada, as are my guests today. Um, Our schools are being, our schools are closing, our daycares are closing, and pretty much, you know, Canadians are being asked to come on home. So, it's pretty much the same as, as, as that where you are too, I imagine. So what I've done today, uh, something a little bit different is gathered some colleagues and some friends and some experts to share some advice and guidance for how we can all navigate these uncharted, confusing and uncomfortable times together. But before we get started, I'm gonna ask you all just to stop for a minute And let's take three deep breaths together. Now, doesn't that feel even just a tiny bit better? Remember that we all can take just a few minutes to breathe no matter how crazy things are. So I wanna start the show by saying that we don't have all the answers today. Um, We don't even really have very many answers. Um, And some of the advice or the things that we're gonna talk about today aren't applicable for your industry um, and maybe won't be applicable in even just a couple of days. So what I'm asking for is your generous assumptions. Our intention for the show is one of service and duty. We're here to provide support, advice, thoughts and action that may inspire you through your own challenges. My hope is at the end of the show, you'll feel a little bit more clear on your next steps and a little less alone. So, my first guest is um, my dear friend, Susan Richards. We've been friends for many, many decades. Susan is also, um, in addition to my friend, she's a CFO. She has more than 20 years of experience in financial leadership in the Ottawa tech sector. She's served as a CFO and or financial advisor to over 40 startups in the last 15 years. We have been talking um, several times a day over the last uh, few days and really calibrating and recalibrating um, all along in terms of, you know, what does this mean for businesses? So I've asked Susan to join me here today to really help us um, uh, unpack some of the practical first steps that small and medium-sized business leaders can can do to financially prepare for the impact of COVID-19. So Susan, thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thanks for having me Sarah this is great exciting and nerve-wracking cuz uh, we're all feeling a little unsettled as uh uh things continue to change and escalate and um and our our feelings catch up with uh <laughs> our perceptions of those situations.
1: Yeah so true. Um and so in terms of, you know, from your perspective, Susan, and I know you've been thinking about this for your clients um, and for, you know, just business owners in general. You posted a blog post about this yesterday. Um, what what can we be doing, uh, you know, sort of next
2: steps right now to be thinking
1: about our finances?
2: Excellent question. So I have put together some tips and the idea is that there's a lot of the situation that we don't know. We don't know where things are headed uh, and that comes, uh, drives a lack of control and an uh, uneasy feeling. But there are things that we can be doing right now, here and now, that are prudent, that will help us to be ready to be ready. Sometimes we're in a little bit of a limbo. We're not quite ready to make decisions. But we want to get ourselves set up to uh, be able to make uh, the best decisions, ideally not super emotionally charged when we're talking about financial decisions. So uh, first thing uh, uh, to do, and I'm going to say these at the risk of, um, they won't be applicable to all businesses because there is no one set of lists that I can come up with that's going to suit every business model in every context, but these should apply. Uh, hopefully, they'll value be valuable to the, the listeners. Um, at least in some of the cases. So I'm going to start with, uh, first of all, any outstanding invoices that we have. So some, there's some people right now not feeling any sense of uneasy and it's business as usual. And so as a result, we want to make sure that we are doing um, efforts to uh, collect on any outstanding invoices that we currently have with clients, just to make sure that we have maximum chance of collecting um, cash that's to keep that flowing. Um, The next thing is to take a look at the billings forecast. So everybody's got their pipeline, there's deals they're closing, there's invoice might be work underway and you're about to invoice clients. Take a look at that listing. Uh, Make sure that you put a sensitivity of COVID against it just to ensure that um, you're thinking through your client's um, thought processes with respect to whether they will continue, whether they will pause. Um, whether they will need you now more than ever. Um, Think about that from a billing standpoint so that you have a realistic view of what your uh, next 90-day revenue is going to look like. Um, Further to that, when it comes to spending, taking a look at the cost of goods sold to ensure... That you have sufficient inventory, um, but not an an overabundance of inventory. So, if you are um, in the food services business, um, you certainly are unlikely to be placing orders at the same rate that you were before. And it may not be you. So, the problem with all of this information happening so quickly is as a business owner, you may have an idea in your mind, but it may not have cascaded down to the appropriate employees who are doing the procurement. And, and so staff may uh, continue business as usual, unless you give some direction to make sure you're not over um, buying. Uh, this is not the time to fill the shelves with um, extra inventory or assets or um, have uh, over capacity. So uh, we want to keep our working capital available as, as best we can. The next is um, taking a look at the spend planned. So if you had a budget already, um, you're kind of going to rip it up, but at least you have something to go to look at from, as a basis of uh, go forward. If you don't, at least take a moment to look through your spend um, to see what you know. Separate out your essential from non-essential, and what can be deferred and not deferred. So some services need to be uh, kept on; they need timely payments in order to keep them on others you'll when you think about it you might be able to defer something by 60 90 days so at least have that ready even if you're not ready to take action on that give some thought to it so you've got it sifted and sorted so you're going to be ready for um, decision-making time um, and that mm-hmm. cascades over to hiring so a week ago you might have been ready for a long-term marriage uh, in the form of an employment agreement um, but at this point, with uh, so much uncertainty, this may be a t- chance to uh, think twice about uh, entering uh, long-term relationships like an employment agreement. It would be fair to, to hit pause um, just to make sure that you are indeed wanting to proceed with that Um, And then the last I would say is keep in mind that there will be costs associated with this that are over and above what you've already thought of. So if everybody has to work from home, there may be costs associated with ensuring that people can work from home. We can't, uh, we don't want to err on assumption. Um, And there are also, I mean, Lysol wipes as an example, all of a sudden we had all these different supplies, uh, dare I mention toilet paper, um, (laughs) that um, everybody's incurring too. So just ensuring you've you've factored in the fact that there's likely to be some additional spend that you need to make as well. These are all kinds of things that if you take some steps to prepare today, there's going to be a greater sense of control. Um, and, in fact, you will have a greater sense of control over these uncertain times. So that's at this stage where my list is. I expect I'll probably have a fresh new list every day yeah. uh, for the next, uh, uh, well, who knows? <laughs> that's yeah. a, yeah. a while. But we want to stay calm. Not, you know, the, the reality is we'll get through this. Um, and we just want to be prudent. So it's striking that balance. Sorry about that, Sarah. I think I interrupted you. Yeah.
1: No, no, that's fair, and I think it's it's a great uh, it's a great message to to speak to that idea that um, you know we we will get through this, and the and it's really just thinking through what does what makes good financial sense right now um, and what are some of those things that every business owner should be looking at. And I think, you know, I'm curious, circling back to, you know, sort of that piece around – expenses. And if you are a business owner and, you know, say you're in the restaurant space or manufacturing and you're recognizing that your sales are going to go down, is there a recommendation around, um, you know, what that should look like for your cost of goods sold, how to reduce that as
2: well? Well, certainly I would say what you want to, if you can estimate the drop in revenue. So, if revenues are anticipated to drop by 50%, then ideally your cost of goods sold is dropping by the same percentage. So 50% if you were spending $10,000 a week on, on inventory, one would hope that you'd be able to drop that to 5000 and you might even have sufficient inventory uh, from from carryover to take you a bit further than that. So keeping those uh, things in mind um yeah, does that answer that? Uh, yeah, yeah uh-huh. absolutely. So, Susan, tell me a little bit then
1: about, um, about how, th- you know, thinking about your clients and, you know, from your own perspective, what are some of those things that you're talking to your own clients about in terms of managing through this particular challenge that we're facing?
2: The first thing I'm doing is checking out everybody's capacity to do work from home. So I'm located in Ottawa, as you know, Ottawa, Ontario. And um, as of yesterday at 2pm, our chief medical officer is recommending that you only leave home for essential reasons. Um, so a number of businesses in the tech sector have been able to have employees work from home, but that doesn't apply all across uh, business, uh, of course. So um, as a triaging, the first thing I've been doing this morning is checking in on clients where we provide on-site resources just to see what their intention is and how we can uh, ensure that we do have some capacity to be able to work remotely. The next is focusing on revenue. So. Uh, the next tier is having clients uh, revisit their revenue forecast, and so far, I've, as of this morning, I've talked to just under a dozen business owners, and I would say, you know, the sentiment is really varied. So a lot of this, um, we, we see the situation through the perspective that we have, and for some people, they are still of the business as usual mindset and others um, are feeling very differently than that. So I'm trying to um, help um, pull uh, an activity of doing a revenue review without creating uh, any emotionally charged um, activity to it because um, I'm, I'm very aware of the emotional impact right now and how that can impede logical thinking. So I'm trying to uh, engage in a way that can increase um, – the the neutral sentiment and and keep us all staying calm. Um, As well, I'm also um, in those discussions, fleshing out opportunities that may be surfacing here. Uh, So there will be opportunities that come for this for some businesses. And I'm trying to keep my brain flexible enough to be able to think of those as well. Um, The more rigid we are, the harder it is to come up with those good ideas, but um, we don't want to be opportunistic, but, um, opportunity uh, presents itself and some of the services and products that uh, our Canadian businesses are serving um, can be applied perhaps to help communities um, and um, and so we're trying to flush that out at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's such a great point. As I was thinking this through, one of the things that we can be doing as business owners is running a SWOT analysis, looking at what in this current moment of today, what are the strengths of your businesses? Where are the weak points? Uh, what are the opportunities and what are the threats? And and I think It's really interesting when you think about it from that perspective and that perspective of this is not about being opportunistic. It is about what do I have to offer in my business that may be of value to other people right now. And I would say, you know, for my own self, uh, certainly I have been working and managing remote teams for 10 years. And so I have all kinds of um, advice that I can offer to, to bricks and mortar who are trying to make this transition in, in two or three days. right? And also that recognition that you know we have we all have privilege in this and we have lots of privilege that you know we have the ability to move remote if where some other businesses don't have that particular privilege, and we're going to be talking to um, right. some other folks later in this call to talk about, you know, what does this look like when you're in the retail sector? What does it look like when you're in the tourism sector? So just in the couple of minutes that we have um, to wrap up, Susan, um, any other sort of thoughts or advice that you have for entrepreneurs as they're thinking about this from that financial preparation
2: or any perspective, really? Hmm. Well, that breathing that you did at the beginning would be very good. I think for myself, I'm going to treat the day in three segments, so a morning, afternoon, and evening, and ensuring that I try to reset as best I can um, at the start of each of those segments, uh, because there's a... I just think that entrepreneurs are going to feel a sense of overwhelming. And by by saying that, I hope I'm not contributing to it. Um, But we're here to support each other. I think there's going to be great ideas shared. Um, And I think um, I I just caution everybody to stay calm, stay tuned in. Thank you for bringing this live, Sarah. Uh, You'll be a great source of information for people to tap into. Um, We're not alone. Everybody should know you're not alone here. Um, And together, we can uh, get through this in a um, and come out the other side, hopefully even better.
1: Well, and I do love, and, and, and exactly that's it. Um, there, are, there, this too shall pass, and we are, you know, certainly where we are right now in Canada. It is changing days every day, and sometimes Mm -hmm. twice a day. Mm -hmm. And so, I think, you know, for all of us to just be able to recalibrate quickly. And I love that idea of dividing the day into segments, because that's going to allow you to um, sort of take what you have in front of you right now, deal with that, and then have that moment of pause before we move into that next segment.
2: Absolutely. Let's see how that goes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm just going to head off to break here in a minute. Um, but before I do that, I just want to let you know. Well, number one, I want to say thank you to Susan. Um, Susan's going to hop off because she's got um, you know some other things on the go today. So Susan, I do thank you for your wisdom and your um, being willing to hop on a live call with me when we're not really sure even how the technology works because I've never done this before. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) So, thank you for that. And I also just want to let everyone know um, that after the break, I'm going to talk to Julia Campbell. Julia is a co owner of Gems Boutique and um, the Anne of Green Gables store. So, Julia has been, um, has is going to bring the retail and tourism perspective to this. So we'll be able to chat through some of that. After Julia, I'm going to talk to Dee Enright. Dee is going to talk about this from a communications perspective, what, are, how, you know, what should we, we be saying and, and really framing that message. And finally, Carly Martin from Hawthorne House Media is going to walk us through our social media and where we should be on social media. So, according to my notes, I should be coming close to break right now, but I'm, oh, we have 30 seconds to break. Hooray, now I know. (laughs) Um, And so, in the next 30 seconds, I'm going to just say one of the things that I would really recommend people do is – To take little breaks from social media um, mm-hmm. in these times, I was talking to Dee earlier, and we were talking about how hard it is to pull ourselves away from the social media because things are changing so quickly. But I do encourage you to just take those little breaks, and you know, take give yourself some time to block and tackle, and um, and and do what Susan is suggesting: take a few minutes to work on your on your. Um, budget, and then go back to your social media and check in. So I think we're close to break. I'm going to stop talking and see if you hear other (laughs) things.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you ready to grow your business to the next level? Check out SRL Solutions for more information on training, coaching, and lots of resources for building your business sustainably and profitably. As a partner who helps you strategize and plan, Sarah Roach-Lewis helps you turn your vision into reality. She helps you identify the right area of focus at the right time. Visit srl.solutions to find out more and for a free consultation. That's srl.solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough with Sarah Roach-Lewis. To reach Sarah or her guest on today's program, please send an email to Sarah at srl.solutions. Again, that's Sarah at srl.solutions. Now, back to this week's episode of Breakthrough. Thanks,
1: everyone. And welcome back. This is a special live episode of Breakthrough. Thank you so much for joining. Julia is a co-owner and COO of North Shore Group, which is a family business. Um, They have both wholesale lines and a retail store. They own the Anne of Green Gables store, as well as Gems Boutique, which is a clothing and accessory line. It's designed, and they they also design and produce uh, their own line of clothing. So lots on the go with Julia. Julia, thanks so much for joining me today. And I specifically reached out to you because I wanted to get your perspective um both as uh, as part of a family business who has been around for a long time and ridden through a few storms um and as well just you know talking about things like remote working that doesn't necessarily work in a retail space so i'd love to just get your perspective on where you're at and uh and advice that you have for folks
3: who are in retail yeah sure hi thanks for having me on um Yeah, I mean, as you say, like I'm involved with my family's business. We've been in in business for over 40 years in the tourism sector. So, I mean, digging back, you know, you've got it was 1911, sorry, not 1911, 2001, 9 11, uh, SARS, avian flu, Japanese economy, 2008 economy crash. Um, The thing with tourism and a lot of other island businesses and island industries is the concentrated seasons that we have. So, um, I mean, even the announcement of the cruise ship cancellations, which of course, makes the most sense. Um, kind of f- from an initial standpoint, you know, we're looking at what that May and June was going to be for us in our in our brick and mortar locations, uh, what it was, what it's been for the past few years, uh, revenue that we won't be uh, seeing over those months as well. You know, May and June and September and October, those shoulder seasons have been made. Uh, you know, really relevant, again, for a lot of tourism operators, sure. uh, you know, because we're typically, you know, our main season is still that that nine weeks uh, from July 1 to Labor Day weekend. Um, so, initially, we're, you know, I think it's step by step. Um, try not to see too far uh, down the road because it is difficult to say what is going to happen uh, and unfold over the next six to eight weeks. So, we're taking what we know right now, um, you know, closing our, our retail stores is, you know, I think being the most kind of socially for us, the most socially responsible decision that we can make. Um, and then just seeing how things unfold, you know, looking at, uh, as I said, you know, revenues, scaling back expenses, uh, you know, contacting our vendors and, uh, I mean, everybody's kind of on this, you know, we're not talking to anybody that doesn't understand the situation that we're in, but going back to, yes, with, with tourism, because it is so concentrated, it's difficult. Um, it's going to be difficult for a lot of, a lot of vendors. We do a combination of brick and mortar and, uh, e-commerce in both of our retail locations. So we'll obviously be looking and we are looking at, um, spending a lot more time on our e-commerce platforms and seeing what we can do there to, uh, to try to, you know, create, as they say, you know, it's not, uh, create create some opportunity there.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Thinking back, you know, I'm sure you have had some conversations over the dinner table with your family, as this is a family-owned business over the last few weeks. Um, What are some of the things that you hearken back to that have helped through other difficult times in the retail and tourism sector?
3: Uh, yeah, I think there's a big um, the kind of the most. We've, you're right. We've been having a lot of conversations. Uh, as I know, a lot of business owners are. I mean, everybody is. It's it's of course it's top of everyone's mind. It'd be impossible not to be. Um, you know, 45 years of, of business experience, looking at those setbacks, um, things that have been done previously that that worked in. But I think the big part of it is navigating the difference of working in your business and working on your business. And I think that's going to change. And I think that's what a lot of business owners need to need to look at is, um, you know, we work in and on all the time, of course, but looking at that balance, because if you do need to cut back expenses, our rent stays the same, our bills stay the same. And, you know, of course you can cut back on inventory and make sensible decisions when you're, when you're talking about brick and mortar and and you're talking about retail, but um, you know, staffing it's, it's, where we're going to have to uh, make make cuts and we're going to have to be the ones who, who step in.
1: And those are really difficult decisions, both because Absolutely. you know that what that impact is on your staff who are such an important part of your business.
3: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned before we, we went on, we produce, uh, so between the Ant Store and Gems, we produce, uh, we have a wholesale line, that is produced, uh, I mean, we work with probably 15 different factories in China. Uh, we've been dealing with uh, factories in China now for over for over 20 years. And we were there uh, at the beginning of January. And of course, when we went, we had no idea what was, what was transpiring. But we came through the Hong Kong airport. We typically fly directly in and out of Guangzhou, um, a city just a little bit north of, of Hong Kong. But we flew out of Hong Kong. And when we came in from the train, all Chinese nationals were having to go through a lineup. And there was like massive misters, they were swabbing everybody. Um, I was traveling with my mother. We didn't think much of it. Um, And, uh, and then of course we come home and four to five days later, uh, you know, word, word was spreading. And probably a month after that uh, China was on total lockdown. So um, navigating that. And then, you know, this is a global, this is a global issue right now. Um, But navigating through, uh, all the factories being closed, uh, shortage of of workers and it it fell right around Chinese New Year as well. So I mean there was I mean it's the biggest exodus globally, Chinese New Year. I mean, you've got millions and millions and millions of people traveling. Um, so yeah, navigating that and um, uh, some factories are are back to work. Um, of course, you know China has had to you know they've had to make it the, the amount of people there, I can't imagine trying to trying to govern that. Um, and then, of course, now we're on the, the other side of it where uh, some things are being produced, some things aren't. And now we're looking at, um, you know, getting things across the water and into our shop um, for what will hopefully be somewhat of a tourism season this summer.
1: Sure. Fair enough. So lots of uncertainty, for sure. 100 um, As we yeah. wrap up, Julia, just um, wanting to offer... Any advice that you have for people, I think specifically in the tourism sector, um, but actually beyond that for, for entrepreneurs?
3: Yeah, I think uh, for me, and the, the advice that I would um, share and the, the biggest advice that I get is times like this are when you really figure out and realize what how little you can run on. It's when you get resourceful because you don't have a choice um, and if you want to maintain and get through this uh, resourcefulness like you know the, we we can have zero expenses right now other than the absolute necessary ones and that looks different for of course uh, different sectors and for for different businesses but you really need to put uh, pen or pencil to paper uh, and look look at your books and say what where can we cut what can we do relook at marketing pants i mean marketing oh my gosh i mean i would say marketing because there's so much you can do uh for free there are so many different ways that you can reach people for free now uh with with social media and digital platforms that's certainly what we're going to be doing uh revamping what all of our expense uh, you know expenditures look like and um and of course hope for the best Absolutely. On that note, Julia, thank you so much for your time.
1: I really appreciate it. And, um, and we will speak soon. Thank you. Great, Sarah. Thanks so much. So now I want to welcome Dee Enright uh, to the hot seat. Dee is the owner of Jebica Strategies and Holdings. She's been helping clients uh, handle communications for more than 20 years. From international incidents like 9-11, SARS, and the recession of 2008, she has helped uh, small business and large corporations navigate the complexity of communicating to both internal and external audiences during times of crisis. Dee, thanks so much for joining me today.
4: Hey, Sarah, thanks for having me.
1: Well, Dee, I I would love to hear from you um, perhaps just a couple of strategies that you would encourage uh, our listeners to be thinking about when it comes to
4: what are we communicating? Sure. So when you asked me to talk, I thought, oh, there's so many things. And like everybody, um, you know, I'm getting lots of questions from my clients, lots of different perspectives because we have everything from local, small tourism businesses. I have tech startups that deal internationally. Um, You know, I have a client in the Caribbean that gets over 600,000 cruise passengers a year and what each of them is facing is as relevant and as momentous to them as it is to the other. So I think that's an important thing to remember. So with all of them, um, when we start, I, I make sure that they've done their financial plan, as Susan said, that they've really looked at putting the numbers to paper. Um, and it's the scariest part. It is the most crucial part. Once that's done, then there's three things I say to them. Tell me what your one message is. I know that everybody has a million things in their head and probably want to say many, many things. But the reality is in a time of crowded and noisy space, whether it's broadcast, print, social media, you are lucky to break through it all. So pick one message right now. So that's the first thing I ask them, what that one message is. The second thing then is what is the audience for that one message? So they may actually have three or four audiences. One may sure. be internal, their own staff, their yeah. co-workers, their colleagues. Another, I call it an internal-external, but are your vendors and your partners and your suppliers. Um, and then, of course, externally, there's your clients, your current customers, and then you may need to message the general public depending on your business. Sure. So decide what your message is. Decide on which audiences you need to communicate to. And you can have one message per audience. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. And then the third thing I say to them is when you're doing this type of communication, make it consistent with your core values. So whoever you are <clears throat> as a brand as a business, whatever that message is, don't lose that now. Stay with your core values. It should first and foremost be truthful. And if that truth is, I don't know, then say, I don't know. Uh, It should be clear. It should be concise. Don't use 10 paragraphs or... Big, complex words. You know, I I always say in communications, if you can use a three-letter word, use it. Use plain language. And finally, be compassionate. Um, And one of the ways to make sure you're being compassionate is we talk about the piggy and the sheep. A piggy says, we, we, we. They talk about themselves. A sheep says, you, you, you. So in your messaging, Speak to the person you're speaking to. Speak from their view. So what do you need to tell them that will help them to understand, to support you, and to deal with it? So, you know, first, what's your message? Second, who's your audience? Third, consistent with your core values. So those are the three big ones.
1: Yeah, that's totally fair. And so when I think about being consistent with core values and which – is terrific advice and when, how do we sort through that when we think about, you know, if we're a small business, if we've just started out, you know, certainly if we're Disney, we've got, you know, our core values and we know them really clearly but if we're a smaller business, what are some advice for someone when you say that and they, to to help them get clear on what that
4: would be? So, if, If you're a small, um, you know, if you're a local business and you've set up and one of your core values is we will, um, you know, give back to our community. We will support local suppliers wherever we can. Um, Those are two core values of a company. Well, then when you decide your actions in a crisis, they should still speak to those core values. Um, And so an example of we will give back to the community is as bad as it is for you or as scary as it is, what can you do to continue that core value and how are you going to communicate that in the message? if it's supporting local suppliers, then understanding in your core messaging and in your approach to business and to your messaging, how are you going to continue to honor that? So making sure that you're not throwing out your core values in your brand, because that will cost you more in the long run than this crisis ever will.
1: And I think you know it's so important for us to be talking about that communication and that communication with other vendors because so much of what we've talked about today is around looking at your expenses, uh, and and the reality is we, our businesses, are other businesses' expenses, to in some circumstances, and so it's really if you feel as though you're going to have to have a difficult conversation with a vendor to let them know that so that they can make their own planning. you know, it's really thinking through what are some of the ripple effects that we have. And part of that is, you know, I, I think about the challenges that our public health um, officials have in terms of the decisions that they have to make in terms of balancing um you know, what is socially and uh, responsible for our, the health of our community and not creating panic. So I sort of th- see this as a real interesting place of, of, for business owners as well to be thinking about being measured and also realistic.
4: Yeah, I think that it's, and it's also about being respectful of, of your partners and your clients' perspective. And every time you communicate, pause, <laughs> there's that breathing again. And think about that, you know, think about where they're sitting, um, and their perspective as well. Yeah. It's such a great point. Really great. Um, any final thoughts, Dee, before we wrap up? I think at this point in time, um, you know, I've, I've, I'm old, so I've lived through a lot of these, um. One of my larger companies I used to own, I signed my deal on April 1st in 2008, and I didn't realize until I was signing the papers, looked at my lawyer and said, hey, who the heck buys a company on April Fool's Day in a recession? (laughs) But the reality is that companies who make it through these tough times are 80% more likely to succeed than those who start in good times. So don't panic. Don't close yet. Don't give up yet. And, you know, use your team. Use your staff. Ask them how they can help. Ask them for ideas.
1: Great advice, Dee. I'm going to go to break and we'll be right back with Breakthrough. Breakthrough.
3: Voice America is available on your Google-connected device.
0: Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio.
3: Try it today.
0: Are you ready to grow your business to the next level? Check out SRL Solutions for more information on training, coaching, and lots of resources for building your business sustainably and profitably. As a partner who helps you strategize and plan, Sarah Roach-Lewis helps you turn your vision into reality. She helps you identify the right area of focus at the right time. Visit srl.solutions to find out more and for a free consultation. That's srl.solutions.
4: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business
0: Network. you are listening to Breakthrough with Sarah Roach-Lewis. To reach Sarah or her guest on today's program, please send an email to Sarah at srl.solutions. Again, that's Sarah at srl.solutions. Now, back to this week's episode of Breakthrough.
1: Thanks, everyone, and welcome back. This is a special live episode of Breakthrough. Breakthrough. We are here talking about and providing support to business owners, um, having conversations about what we can be doing in these times where things are uncertain and uncomfortable. And um, as Susan mentioned at the beginning, that not um, perhaps it is rolling out in terms of what uh, folks' level of discomfort is. um, But... We are here to sort of talk through some of the challenges that entrepreneurs are facing and certainly feel free uh, to send me an email or reach out if you have questions and I'm certainly happy to get back to you with those. I do want to, before I um, introduce uh, Carly Martin, who's my next guest, I had posted in a group here where I live that I was going to do this show and a couple of people had Posed specific questions, and so one of the questions was around um, healthcare providers and private healthcare providers, and what it, what are people doing around that? So I had reached out to a couple of folks, and um, essentially what they were indicating was that at this point, really closely following the directives from public health increased sanitation, and pre-calling all of their clients to screen them before they come to the office to make sure that they are not sick and they haven't been out of the country, Um, and really being prepared to make those changes um, on the fly. But that was, you know, to answer that really specific question, I did want to get that in there. So now I want to welcome Carly Martin of Hawthorne House Media, and uh, Carly is a social media manager and strategist. Uh, She deals with all things social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, and has a special place in her heart for LinkedIn and email marketing. So Carly, I do want to say welcome, and I would love to hear from you um, what your thoughts are and some recommendations on how entrepreneurs are communicating
4: right now
5: hi Sarah thanks for having me on I'm just um, I feel really privileged that I get to come together with the business community and talk about um, this really st- could be stressful situation that we're all in so um, thank you for having me I, I think that now more than ever is a time to have a really strong voice of leadership and provide value and help and a sense of community. And social media is the natural medium to do this because everyone is tuning in to their home feeds right now for for news, for official announcements, and to share their feelings and their experiences. So having that strong voice for your business right now, I think is really important
1: and so what are some things that you think when you think about that strong voice and, and, and that is um, so important what so one of my questions Carly is in a re- in regular world I don't notice scheduled posts um, they just end up in my news feed like everything else and I don't really notice them but right now in in I, I feel that they're really visible. And so I'm curious, what is the balance between, you know, wanting to make sure that your messages are getting out there and, and we don't have to talk about, um, you know, COVID-19 every moment of every day. I certainly don't recommend that. What does that look like? How, how do entrepreneurs maintain that balance on social media?
5: Yeah, I think that's a really important question. So um, we have to continue to be visible. I don't think now is the time to hide. Um, And we want to be that reassuring voice for um, our audience and our clients and our customers. And so I don't think that we have to exclusively talk about COVID-19, but we have to strike a balance and we have to be aware of the reality and the feelings that people have right now. Um, And so... We don't want to only talk about COVID-19. We don't want to only talk about our own um, uh, promotions and so on. Like, But I think when it comes to, say, a scheduled post, or if you have an email um, automatic sequence that goes out, we want to just take, um, like, D set a pause before we communicate and go over those pieces of messaging and make sure that they apply to today, um, th- that... Tomorrow they still apply because things have changed so quickly in the last few days even that uh, it could be very easy for you to come off as tone deaf or insensitive or that you have your head in the sand um, just with a simple post that you let let slip through. So I think if we talk about COVID-19 um, we have to do it in a way that makes sense for the context of our business. And I think what you're doing is a great example of that. You know, you're still doing your show. You still promoted your show on your social media channels. But it's in the, it's in the context of what's going on today. And you are using your voice as a way to add value uh, to your community, the business community that you serve with your show, and, um, So I think that is a great example of striking that balance.
1: Well, thank you. And I think certainly when it comes to this show, it just, the guest that was supposed to be on today is terrific. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait for you all to hear it. And I also just felt like there is this opportunity to, showcase some of these important messages and and really more than anything else um for us to have this opportunity to um yeah for us all to share in this common experience that we're having and yeah so let's talk a little bit then about launches events promotions what does that look like Um,
5: I think just naturally things have to be uh, paused or put on the back burner or change. Um, That's just the logistics of not being able to meet uh, face to face any longer. So if you had, um, if you had a conference that was planned, if you had meetings that were planned, uh, we have to think about, can we move them online? Are we going to, um, kick the can down the road a little, and the guest that you were going to have on today, who is fabulous, will still be fabulous when you do yeah. have her on. Um, so we don't have to, you know, shut down and um, just forget all of our plans. But we just have to pivot. And as business owners, we are really good and really used to having to flex those muscles of, you know, having to pivot and be nimble. So. We have, maybe we have an advantage in a situation like this where if we can remain calm and if we can um, be steady and think long-term, we'll be able to come up with creative solutions. So having that guest on today, maybe it wouldn't have been the right time, but, you know, being able to strategize like you did, you could think, okay, well, how can I serve my audience in a way that makes sense for the context of my business um, in today's climate? That's so crazy. I think we just need to take a step back, remain calm and think about how we can reposition plans we had.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Anything else, Carly, that you're thinking about in terms of social media that you want to share with uh, with people?
5: I really like that what Susan said earlier, that we don't want to be opportunistic, but we have an opportunity. And I think the opportunity here is to... Uh, lead. It's to be a reassuring voice. It's to be creative with how we can help our um, our audience, how we can serve our current clients and, and how we can, maybe we're not going to use our current core offers at the moment. We're not going to promote those maybe as much, but Is there a way that we can put resources together based on our areas of expertise that can help people? So we're still being visible and it's still, you know, an opportunity to get out there and show your um, expertise and your experience and deliver value, but it just looks a little bit different, maybe.
1: Yeah, that's totally fair. I want to just bring D and D um, just in terms of thinking about some of the things that Carly had said. I just in, in just a minute or so. Are there any reflections that you want to add to that around communications?
4: I think one of the biggest things, you know, going right back to the beginning, was Susan's statement of you know look for opportunity, um, but not opportunistic. Carly spoken to being a leader and and being reassuring, and um, you know she. Brought the example of your show, Sarah. Uh, a word that gets used a lot <laughs> and can be overused, but if you look up the true definition is authentic. Mm. There are many things we can do at this time, but they have to be authentic. So um, if and when I said, you know, this can either make or break your brand, if an airline is going out and and their only communication is um, we're working on how you can get a refund, we're working on how you can cancel, we're working on how you get home. There is nothing in that that is a sales message, but I can tell you it will impact their sales exponentially, not just now, but later. But it's authentic. So it needs to be authentic. If a local donut shop decides to deliver to our first responders because they know that they're working a whole pile of hours, that's authentic. That's such great advice, uh, Dee. Thank you. It, you know, so I think that whatever you need to do as an opportunity, make sure it's authentic and empathetic.
1: In the last few minutes that we have, I do want to just speak to you directly as entrepreneurs. And I want to... You know, these are really kind of interesting times and we have competing challenges right now. But at the end of the day, we have all gone through hard times before. This is pretty unprecedented, but we've all had hard times. And I want you to think about what was successful for you in the past. And what is that next best feeling place that you can get to right now? Take those few minutes to breathe and Think about, you know, in the moment, can you play the guitar for a minute? Can you go for a walk? Can you phone a friend? Get to that next best feeling place. As Susan talked about, um, calibrate early and often things are changing and they're likely going to continue to do so. I want to just acknowledge that we have so many responsibilities as business owners, to ourselves, to our staff, to our clients, to our community. Um, I encourage you to, you know, think and, and to give yourself some grace um, when, when you have to make complicated decisions, mitigating risk um, with not necessarily all the information that you'd like to have at the time. Again, go back to that, make a plan. I talk about plans, you know, all the time. And if your plan is just for today, uh, if it's just I'm going to figure out what I need to do today and then I'm going to make a new plan tomorrow based on the most up-to-date information, then do that. Um, But make that plan. And I really encourage you to own your own leadership. We all need to do our part right now. And as business owners, You know, we have to follow the directions of our healthcare leaders, be responsible to our staff and our clients, share resources with others when you have them, and be empathetic. I think probably more than anything else, it is this idea of being generous in our assumptions and being aware that everyone is doing the very best that they can in the circumstance that we have right now. I encourage you as you're thinking um, through and and needing to make decisions to look to credible sources um, for information, you know, the WHO, uh, the public health officer in your region. I feel incredibly blessed on PEI that we have Dr. Heather Morrison, who is giving really great direction. Look specifically to your business um, supports, whether that's government, industry association, or chambers of commerce. I wish for you each of you is patience and grace, and if we remember that in these somewhat difficult circumstances, this too shall pass, um, as my friend sent me a text the other day. Um, it may pass like a kidney stone, but this too shall pass. So, I do wish you all the best, and I hope you'll tune in next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Breakthrough. Be sure to join Sarah Roach Lewis again with another inspiring interview next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.